Podcast Nation. Ha ha! We're back, baby. Doc and Dunk better than ever. Back and better than ever. We got the great Duncan Robinson and our sensational Leo Blavin, the play-by-play guy for Minnesota Crookston, the savant in the media world, if you will, and Duncan Robinson coming off a contract and me ending my stipend here at Ohio State. So we got two guys employed and one guy looking for a job. But that's not the breaking news of the day. The breaking news of the day is Rick's American Cafe is having their 40th anniversary starting tomorrow. Duncan, are we there? Is that factual information? It's facts. It's facts. I saw it today. Who cares about a recent coaching change when you have that sort of news in Ann Arbor? That's incredible. That's what I'm saying. That is the breaking news of the day. Do they have some sort of special deal on espressos, or what's the deal? (laughs) I think uh, they have a great pizza deal, Deluxe. Um, they're obviously, oh, they don't serve the burgers there, right? That's at Scorekeeper's Bar. No, that's, that's Scorekeeper's Bar and Grill. They make a fantastic burger. Um, no, that's, that's exciting, man. I haven't been, uh, down to the dungeon that is Rick's American Cafe in quite some time. Um, I'm pretty jealous of, you know, those undergrads who, uh, frequent that place just about every Friday. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Leo, how we doing, buddy? Uh, I've been better. I, it's it's a stressful time to just be a fan outsider right now. Yeah, well, let's get into let's get into that. We're going to talk about a coach that was, um, you know, the savior of Michigan basketball, the guy beloved in the media, the beloved in the whole basketball community. The great coach John Beeline took a five year contract and, and headed to Cleveland Cavaliers, headed to Ohio territory. So are we going to boo him? Are people going to boo him? I mean, they booed me. Are we going to boo the kid? Is that a traitor too? He's going to Ohio. I don't think anyone That's goes to Pistons games, so I don't. I don't know who. <laughs> who's gonna <do> it. <laughs> nice little jab for the hometown team, uh, <laughs> Doc. I, I'll say this: Coach Milan's move and your move are two very different circumstances, um, and it's actually borderline ignorant that you would even try to compare them. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll start by saying this: you know, I am forever indebted to Coach Milan. Talk about a man who, uh, you know pulled me from a division three school and gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to compete for the university of Michigan. So, um, I have nothing but, but, uh, love and respect for him. And I'm, I'm so happy for him that, you know, he's able to, to make that jump and, and really pursue his dreams. It's incredible. Yeah, no doubt. I, I can piggyback off that. I'm forever indebted to him as well. That man. Yeah. You just, I mean, you just chose to stab him in the back by going to the school's <laughs> rival, but that's okay. Oh, come on. Say what you want. That's fine. Yeah, well, come on. No, I'm forever indebted to him. Uh, love the man to death. That guy gave me the opportunity to to pay $60,000 out of state tuition <laughs> to play at the University of Michigan. But then he put me on scholarship and, and, and let me play meaningful minutes and obviously gave me the opportunity to pursue a fifth year at The Ohio State. Um, it, it's just so shocking. I mean, the guy has obviously done significant things in his 12 years at the University of Michigan. And his, his goal, you know, he, he's always kind of wanted to – he's flirted with the NBA last year. Um, so, like, when I heard the news, I believe it was around, like, 8.30 in the morning when uh, Woj tweeted it. Uh, and when I heard the news, I'm like I, – I was shocked. I was like – it was like I, – I, I didn't know what to think. I was in a state of disbelief, really. But then I think about, like, last year, I'm like, wait – this guy wanted the Pistons job. Like he wanted to, you know, pursue an NBA, pursue an NBA coaching gig. Yeah. So, huh? yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to say that it was, it was in the works. Like he was actively pursuing these positions for the last couple no. of years, but 
you know, I think in the back of his mind, and this is just through conversations that I had had with him, um, it was always something that he wanted to do. And, you know, you talk about a guy who literally started his career coaching at New Fane High School, the JV team. I mean, the ultimate come up, um, high school JV to the highest level that there is. Um, it's incredible. And, and just knowing him and how competitive he is, I think he just wanted to to prove himself on that stage. And, you know, now he has the opportunity to do that. You know, I'd be lying if I didn't say he uh, he didn't have his work cut out for him. He's got an interesting <laughs> roster makeup over there. But at the same time, you know, if anybody can do it, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, uh, that John Beeline can't. I think we can get into, too, like how his system and coaching style transfer. But I, I do wonder, because you guys know him a lot better than – the people are reporting that this is a, an indictment on college basketball because that seems to be the big thing is he's tired of transfers and guys leaving early. Do you think this is more he wants to see if he can win at the highest level or do you think a big part of it is the college basketball landscape's a lot different than when he was at West Virginia or started at Michigan even? No, I don't think he even took that into consideration, to be honest with you. I mean, yet, I mean, he's obviously, I mean, it's well documented that he's the cleanest coach in all of um, the college basketball game, but this, I don't think had nothing to do with it. This had an opportunity, like Duncan said, you know, to challenge himself and he's thrived in every position he's ever been at. And this was an opportunity that presented itself, gets a five-year contract. And regardless, like you said, he's, he's got his hand, he's got his work cut out for him. That money's guaranteed. He's him, him and this beeline are running off in the sunset regardless after he's going to be uh-huh. 71 years old, those five years. So uh, I don't think, I, I really don't think this, like, this is the best time for him. He's coming down maybe possibly to the end of his career. Well, this is the last time. Like, there's no way he would get another chance after this. Right. No, th- right. This is, no doubt. This is yeah. definitely a, a He's retirement He's going to be 71 job. when, when yeah. the contract right. runs out. So, like, heck of a— Hold on. Hubie Brown's still doing his gig, and he's, he's got to be at least 94. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect of NBA legend Yubi <laughs> Brown. I will not right, stand for right. I'll slow. I'll slow. Go ahead, um, first of all, heck of a retirement job. Um, heck of a retirement salary. Uh, yeah. I don't think those numbers have, have been confirmed yet, but I'm sure it's uh, it's up there. But, Doc, I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit on that. I think it's I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. I, I think it's far more that he wants to prove himself and see if he can do it at that level. But I do think that the day-to-day – you know, grind and frustrations that come with coaching college um, were weighing on him to some degree. I think the recruiting schedule is brutal. I think the the NCAA restrictions in terms of how much you can work with players and so on and so forth. I mean, talk about a guy who just lives for like grinding in the gym and grinding, like improving his players. I think he, he used to get so frustrated with how much he could work with us and how limited our time was. You know, now he's basically unlocked all this time to to unlock his team's potential. So I, I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. But I, I do agree that it had far more to do with just his drive to see if he was capable of achieving success at that level. But you guys were sort of wait, but you guys were sort of locked in with your roles as to like he called all the shots in the NBA. Is that going to be the same thing if he tells J.R. Smith he wants him an extra hour in the gym and then. JR throws soup in his assistant's face. Like that, that is one of the culture things, though, I'm interested to see how that plays out is all of a sudden it's not like you guys had to basically do what he said within the parameters. Now every guy he has is pretty much going to be making more money than he is. A, they're all going to be making money. 
And yeah. some of these guys, I, I just, it'll be interesting, I think, to see how culturally, how big a shift that is. And, and Duncan, you would know just an NBA practice compared to a John Beeline practice, because I'd imagine it'll be some stark differences, especially come training camp when guys are, are learning what Beeline's about. Sure. Yeah, and I think naturally, um, you know, when you go up to that level, the social and relationship dynamics change. Um, as you mentioned, first of all, first and foremost, it's it's no longer, you know, molding young college kids. It's you're coaching men. Um, you know, like you said, men who have uh, a lot of uh, money in the bank. So you know, there's egos, and and that's a lot of what coaching at this level can be is managing egos. And I think that. You know, one thing I give Coach B a ton of credit for throughout his his uh, college career, college coaching career, is that he was able to adjust and he had a certain level of self awareness to be able to understand what was needed for each specific team. And you know, he's going to have to coach a lot differently in the NBA than he did in college. There's certain things that he will not be able to do with those guys that he was able to do with college students. Um, and I think he knows that. I think he's really self-aware and that's definitely one of his strengths as a coach. So, you know, he's going to have to be a little bit more hands off with certain stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I, you know, there'll be a learning curve with that stuff. But I think, you know, his assistants will, I'm, you know, I'm certain will have NBA experience. I think he already hired J.D. Bickerstaff, um, you know, will really help him with that stuff. So you're telling me he's not implementing the core values of you paid, um, having, 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 uh, Study sessions, reading hard hats in the locker room during the summers, no, or I, or uh, what? <laughs> I will say this: I would pay legitimate money to watch J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson do five-star passing. Well, that's what I'm thinking about. Is like when he tries to like put because that's legendary. Is like the fundamentals and stuff he preaches. And these are two the top high school players in the country now playing college. Now he's going to try to do it to guys who have played 10 plus years in the league. But that seems like that's part of just who he is. And as you said, he'll adapt, but I just don't know. He's not going to do a total 180 from, you know, what he preached at, at Michigan. No, he's, he's not going to throw it out the window. But, you know, I, I like I said, there's going to be some give and take there. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to do everything he did at Michigan. And I think, like I said, one of the things that makes him so good is I think he understands that. I think he understands that the NBA game is a lot different and that as a result, he's going to need to adjust. Um, but you're right. He, At the end of the day, he is still who he is as a coach. And I don't think he's just going to abandon that entirely. What do you think success looks like for him? Oh, that's a good Ooh. one. I don't. Because <laughs> it's five years, so he's not he's not going to win a title right. or something in that span. But I don't know, like, what is? I don't know, man. I've heard I've heard Cleveland's a big time free agent destination. You think that's where people want to go these <laughs> days, Duncan? You think Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris or Trey Chris Burke. Middleton, Trey Burke? Yeah, it could be. Or, or bring the band back together. Let's get Trey Burke in there. Stauskas is there. Stauskas is already there. Get a trade for Mo Wagner. Trade Mo Wagner and LeBron James for their pick, Clarkson, yeah, the whole the whole team. Let's get them all back together. <laughs> Let's just start something great. Because listen, Coach Beeline's time's limited. LeBron's time's limited. It's time to win now. And if the Pelicans are going to be too stubborn to trade up the number one pick, or the number, excuse me, take trade option for the normal fourth pick for AD, hey, I'll Beeline, say this. It's all about winning now. You guys are talking about Coach Beeline at 71. I watched that guy rattle off 
25 straight push-ups in practice last year like it was nothing. I think oh, that guy's – Yes, no doubt. I was going to say, I, I think that guy's good to go for another 8 to 10. That's just me. But do you think he wants to? Like maybe – I mean, I guess no one would know for sure, but – No, we'll definitely. I mean, I, I, think, I, we'll I think a lot of it depends on, like you said, their success um, and if they're able to kind of build and, and grow something there, which, you know, the good news is they have a young core. I mean, Colin Sexton ended up having a, a good second half of his rookie year. Um, they have some other young guys. I know Coach B loves uh, Seti Osman. He, he already told me that. Big fan of Seti Osman. Um, Getting so, Kevin Love back. Yeah, Kevin Love back. You know, and they have that pick. You know, I don't know what it is. I think seventh overall or whatever it is. Um, so who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily foresee them, uh, you know, in the playoffs next year. But who knows down the line? Anything could happen. That, yeah, as no, a Michigan I, fan, I am rooting for that, though, by the way. Like, just give Trey Burke a huge deal. I, no, I just want the Michigan. I don't – I mean, if he's successful, great. I don't care how the Cavs do. I'd like to see him be successful. But I love the idea of uh, Marr getting the call up from Canton because he's, he's already – there. Just, just give the Michigan people something to, to root for beyond just hoping Colin Sexton's good. And spend uh, Michigan State alum's money on Michigan contracts. Yeah, very true. There was actually, uh, I saw something that it, this was actually Gilbert's plan to help uh, Michigan State yeah. Yeah, win another uh, Big Ten championship. Mm. So speaking of the lottery, you could talk, it was interesting. It's Rudy Gobert came out today and he says, like, throw tanking out the window now. Do you, do you guys kind of believe that? Like, that kind, like, obviously, they were not supposed to get the first pick in the draft. Their odds were stacked against them. And now it's like, do you, you think there's – I mean, you, you were in the NBA for a year. Now you just obviously signed a two-year contract. <laughs> Let me get that out there. Do you think there is tanking involved, actually? Like, everyone always says it, but is it actually happening? You're telling me guys who risk their bodies night in and night out compete just to lose because the front so office it, wants them to? It's not, it's not deliberately trying to lose. It's more so teams giving their entire roster full evaluations. Um, so, so playing you know, the younger team, guys and yeah, like, for, for example, for example, a team like the Knicks, as they move forward, they wanted to know exactly who they had on their roster for this year. So they're going to give young guys, uh, you know, they're going to sit Deandre Jordan for five or six games straight and let Mitchell Robinson, you know, start and play starters minutes and, you know, see what they really have. Um, you know, it's, it's the word tanking is kind of a buzzword that's thrown around a ton. Um, and I guess it, you know, it kind of exists, and it's still kind of there. And I, and I don't think that this lottery result is going to stop, you know, teams from from doing that because at the end of the day, it's not really about trying to lose as much as it is getting a full talent evaluation. At least that's what I I have come. That's to also assuming it's it's all intentional. Like I think New York, Cleveland, and Phoenix probably had the three least talented rosters. Right, I mean, exactly. Phoenix might have been the in theory, probably as the best player of those three. But New York dumped Kristaps, who wasn't playing anyway. And Cleveland's best player was probably a rookie. So I, I don't know if teams are intentionally losing. And this definitely is a deterrent. But I don't think the tankings like it was with Philadelphia a few years ago. I think just the bad teams have a hard time winning. But it, yeah. it just sucks for a team like New York or Cleveland or Phoenix because now they don't have a chance to get a franchise-altering player in theory, of course, I mean, good players fall anywhere in the draft, but it would have been fun to see Zion on a team not joining Anthony Davis in New Orleans 
with with Drew Holiday already seemed like they were kind of close. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll. I'm actually very interested to see Zion in New Orleans. Um, you know, especially just to see what happens with with Anthony Davis moving forward. You know, there's a million possibilities with how it could play out. He could end up staying. I wouldn't be surprised if they still try to move him for you know part of the Lakers' young core, or maybe some some of the Knicks' young core, um, and get get their respective picks in return. And then all of a sudden, you're you're really um, rebuilding with the Pelicans with this really talented young team. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of ways to do it, but I, I think the one thing that's exciting about Zion is immediately he's going to, you know, put uh, put asses in seats. I was just well. about to say that. <laughs> you know, I was kind of talking around. I was kind of talking around that. that for a sec, but yeah, uh, let's, let's just call it. Let's just call it what it is. It's yeah. uh, it's asses in seats. They, I mean, they already came out. I think it said they sold something like two thousand. Uh, right. Yeah, they sold yeah. a ton of season tickets. Also, I get it should be brought up. There have been rumors already, not rumors, but the thought or suggestion that he might go back to Duke if he's really unhappy with the – is there any chance? Wait, what? Yeah, I've seen that a bunch. Listen, just because because he's capable or, like, still technically able to do that doesn't mean it's happening. That just sounds absolutely ridiculous. I would love that. I would too, actually. I would love that. (laughs) That would be incredible. He says, hey, I'm not going to New Orleans. I'm going to go back to school and – take my odds next year i would love that if you are the pelicans are you guys are you guys still listening to trade room like what is the deal what what is what is the grudge with the lakers like are they gonna what would they do with that what are they gonna do with ad just have them abide by the contract and hey you signed it you're you're gonna you're you're gonna stick with it until your contract's up I'll, i'll say this Kawhi is giving teams hope that you know in that last year if you think right. you're capable of being a good team, you you might gamble and keep them around. Just because well, I would argue, I I don't know if you could say Kawhi yet because we don't know the end result. I would say Paul fair George. Fair enough, fair enough. But Paul George, but I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I'll leave my words on that one. But still, I think Kawhi. Uh, yeah, eat your words on that. If Kawhi wins, he still may not even go stay. Like Kawhi is about Kawhi. Kawhi is about Kawhi. Wait, but if Toronto wins the title, do they care if he comes back? Like, they won the title. So you have a one-year title run and you win it? See, this is where I came into the argument with Duncan the other day. If Durant wins it with Golden State, and granted he's hurt, but let's say he comes back to full strength, and they win three in a row, you're telling me that guy's leaving regardless after a dynasty they've they've created there? Like, you're telling me after three in a row, you're going to be like, no, you know, I want to go to New York. I want to go play with Kyrie. Like, Three in a row, like as a basketball player. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's ever done four, have they? Maybe no. They can fact check me on that, but I, yeah, I mean, that's 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 super tough, just because all signs point in leaving. Um, for one of those New York markets would be my guess, but it's you know it that would be really difficult to turn down the run at a fourth. Um, especially because you got to imagine Clay's coming back because that guy's just the absolute man, and I don't think he wants to be anywhere else but Golden State. No doubt, I I agree with that. I think you know Clay, I, but the thing with the, the whole Kawhi thing stirs me up because he has a house in LA already, apparently. Or dude, I'm I'm done. I'm done with the I'm I'm done with the real estate stuff. Oh, this yeah. guy bought it. I know okay, a realtor. Good, good. This guy bought a place here. First good. of all. Guys buy those houses a lot of times for the off season and for retirement. Yes. Like if he wants to live in that 
like truth be told, I, I heard about that same thing. I think it's like really south of LA. Like I think it's in between LA and San Diego. So who's to say, even if he was in LA that he would even live there, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to live an hour. I guess JJ Redick lives an hour and a half from his practice facility, but most players don't like, don't want to do that. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's, it's an interesting free agent uh, season, obviously, coming above us here in a little bit. Um, you guys want to talk about Michigan candidates at all or no? I want to dive headfirst into that. <laughs> That's the type right. of stuff we, so, the people want to hear. So, obviously, there's a lot of rumors flowing around. Who's it going to be? You got Laval Jordan, who served as an assistant coach under Coach Beeline. Billy Donovan, who's in his last year, who is my guess is – Possibly, I think he's going to get it. I think there is no no way he should stay in OKC for one more year to get exited out in the first round. And not to mention how big of a headache Russell Westbrook and Paul George are. Let me let me tell you something. Oh, you don't leave an NBA job for a college job unless you've been ran out of your NBA job. And it sounds like the Thunder are still in full support of Billy Donovan. I might be wrong on that, but there was no, there were no immediate moves after the season ended. Nothing like that. Like at this point, they probably would have made a move because all the other, you know, good coaches have been taking other jobs elsewhere. And I just don't think you leave an NBA job prematurely. I think you see that through. And if you can't get it done at the NBA level, then you go back to college. That's my personal opinion. I can't imagine. Like you have guys like Patino who, you know, was with the Celtics, but he got ran out of Boston. He was done. Like, so he had to go back to college. I just don't think that you leave an NBA job prematurely. That's my own opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd agree with that, but I think it's intriguing. I think you take that phone call for sure to see what they have to, not even take the phone call. Listen, no, 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 you do. You have a whole list of pipe dreams that you dial up, you know, Brad Stevens, Billy Donovan, uh, Chris about? Chris Beard, Jay Wright, all those guys, and you say you want to come to Michigan, we'll you know throw throw you the bag, so to speak. Uh, in all honesty, I think all those guys are saying no. Um, and then can we at least get down to like realistic candidates that would actually be viable and good for the University of Michigan and its program moving forward? Or do you want to keep talking pipe dreams? I'll keep talking. Pipe I like dreams. the pipe dreams. I, I like the pipe sad to talk about that. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if it necessarily is a pipe dream. dream with some of those candidates now. Because he's got I mean, one I think year on his deal. Brad right. Steve, that's why I don't think pipe dream. No doubt. Yeah. But I think regardless of what what head coaching job is open, the first guy you call is Brad Stevens, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think he will ever leave uh, the Celtics unless he, like you said, they're running him out. Um, and I think he loves the NBA the NBA game more than the college for numerous reasons, like we can get into later. Um, but what about a guy like obviously like Jawan Howard? A guy like him, your coach who, right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna decline comment on this one. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not insinuating anything. It's just more so, you know. I, I feel like I'm a little bit too close to the uh, to the topic to sure give that give a sense. certain perspective but I, you know with that being said this is just me speaking generally I, you know i love juan i think he's a great coach i think he'd be great for recruiting uh truth be told i have no idea um if he's heard anything or you know if michigan's reach out i really don't 
Um, but with, you know, everything I, I've learned a lot from him this year. And, and like I said, I think he would be, he would be great for the university of Michigan. He's obviously a good coach. I think three NBA teams have reached out for head coaching interviews this year. So he, the, the question with him is, does he just want to be an NBA coach? Cause he's going to get that chance sooner rather than later. And if he does, then worst case, he's in Miami another year or two and gets the job. But I know it sounds like he's going to have that NBA opportunity soon, if not this I, summer. Yeah, I, I think he will, if if not this summer, and it very likely could be this summer um, that he gets that NBA opportunity. But I'll say this, the only college coaching job that I could ever see him taking would be Michigan. Um, and that's <laughs> not because he said that or anything. It's just because... Uh, you know, I, I think he's, you know, obviously played in the NBA for a while, has coached in the NBA for a while. I think he has had his sights set on being an NBA coach. Um, I just think it's a little bit different when your alma mater comes calling. This, this may be, uh, did he get his, did he get his degree for Michigan? Uh, that I do not know the answer to. I don't know so, where you're going with this. No, no, I'm just asking, like, does it matter anymore to have, obviously, you know, he's built an incredible resume and does fantastic things like don't you kind of have to have a somewhat of a degree or no i don't like does harbaugh have his masters because that's what i thought it was is you were supposed to like i know the school i'm at now does have that but i don't know if major like maybe nick saban had i i don't know i'm skeptical does penny hardaway have there's no way penny hardaway has i I, that was just i don't think that's required i mean doc it might be required for the you know, video jobs and the director of ops <laughs> jobs that you're applying for this summer. Right. But right. I don't think anyone's yeah. going to be cross-checking Juwan Howard and making sure, you know, that he got a, a B plus in, you know, I biology. That was actually an, an, a requirement. That's all I was asking. I, I understand his pedigree and everything he's done. He, he, you know, he checks off all the boxes, but I didn't know if that was something you had to have. That would be a great way to save face though. If he turned him down and said at the end of the day, <laughs> Could you imagine if that report if that was reported? Uh, w- would you be? I guess. W- what would you feel if I said Shaka Smart was the new head coach at the University of Michigan? What's your first reaction? I would say, you know, if you're in Shaka's shoes and you can't beat him, join him because uh, I think I've played Texas Ooh. about three or four times in my career, and I'm. Uh, just about 100% sure we never we never lost to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. Michigan's going to hire a great coach. You know, it's yeah. it's an unbelievable place. Um, it's, I, in my opinion, a top seven or eight job in the country right now. Um, you know, that's including the recent success and, you know, the Michigan fan base and the brand and everything. Uh, including all their recent success. Because before Coach Beeline got there, it was 20 years before they oh, exactly postseason. But, I mean, it's been 12 years, well, eight years of sustained success. Uh, there was a year in the, there was a year that uh, we didn't make the tournament, and uh, I was getting meaningful minutes <laughs> that year. I was going to say, I was I – was, uh, He was, he was redshirting. I couldn't play that year, so I was, I was in the stands up in, uh, up in the Breslin – and a nail biter watching Doc break a full court press from Tum Tum Dan. It was special. It was special to see. <laughs> what a, what a gift that was. I think back then, Doc, you were still rocking the t shirt under the jersey. I did. I did that game. I was I was unsure of myself at that point in my career. If this was like two thousand eight, that would have been like a power move because all the all the best players in college in two thousand eight rocked the long sleeve tee. But 
Dude, I, I mean, I was trying to bring it back, dude. I was an old school player. Come huh? on. This is 2014. What is this? What are we doing? I was trying to bring it back. Retro style. Like, what are you talking about? What you're going to do is hit a couple extra curls with Sandman the night before, get the arms a little defined up, and then you're good to go with the tank. That's all it takes. Yeah, I wasn't secured with my body at that time. I was still developing. <laughs> I was still developing. But you do make a good point. Like, obviously, they're going to hire a ex- great coach. And it just, I don't think that's a guarantee. I do. I Really? At Michigan? All right, Leo, Leo, let me ask you this. Give me an example of a name that you've heard that you, for you as a fan Porter would be a dis, that'd be a disappointing hire. Huge. For you. Because we're talking about Shaka, who's the knock on him is he's been to one Final Four, but he's at least got uh, been successful. Like, Texas is consistently a decent Ken Palm team. They're not great. Ooh, I don't know, Leo. Loyola Chicago hasn't as, like, barely cracked the top 100. He had one year where they played a pretty fortunate break in the NCAA tournament. Like, they, you look at the schedule they went through last year to get to Michigan in the Final Four. I don't know what – look at the, this year. This year they brought pretty much everyone back, and did they even win whatever conference Loyola Chicago They got in? to the semis or championship. I, I, no, they didn't obviously make the tournament, but I think they got – yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Shaka – Shaka is an interesting one because – like you said, he's been to one Final Four, but that was the only year he's been to a Sweet 16. And he's produced some some players now. Like, he's produced a lot of, obviously, his uh, his track record with bigs who have made the NBA. Like, it, and and he's on the hot seat right now. Dude, hold, sure on, on hold, hot... hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Shaka Smart developing players. Every single one of the bigs that have walked through the door at Texas was I didn't pro. say develop. Hey, I did not say develop. When they, when they walked in the door. He... I'm a I'm a Shaka Smart fan, but he had absolutely nothing. You're you're talking about that like it's Coach Beeline developing Karis Levert or turning a Division has Three he made, player. Has like he that. made Texas better? Has he? I don't even uh, no. Maybe ha- I'll, I'll answer that question. It's a rhetorical question. No, he hasn't. They won the NIT. You want the Wait, consolation so- prize? I'm I, like I, I like Shaka. I think he's you know a great human being, but like he has not had sustained success at Texas. And he's on the hot seat now. Like, yeah. uh, he he has not. He has not sustained a great culture where they're producing and winning year in and year out. At Texas I'll, now. A top- I'll say, yeah, I'll say this, though. I don't necessarily think it's it's always about hiring, like, the hot candidate. Like like Leo said, I don't necessarily think Porter, Porter Moser would be a great hire just because, you know, he got Loyola to a Final Four. There's you could so argue much- that's how Shaka got to uh, – I, under, I understand that, but I, I'd like to think – I mean, Shaka was consistently in the NCAA tournament with VCU, a team that beforehand – Five had, straight had, years. Right, exactly. And like, you know, Porter Mosier, you look at that. I mean, they ha- I think they had, what, two or three straight buzzer beaters? So one of those doesn't drop. That whole narrative is, is shot down, right? Am I wrong? No, no, you're right. But uh, at the end of the day – so, but, but, but at the end I'm of the day, Doug, is, I mean, those are win. Like, I mean, obviously, I, Coach K is built a resume, but that's the same thing that they got to the Elite Eight this year. I'm, okay, choke your motor. Let's not compare. Porter I'm Moore not, but I'm just saying, like, you can't. I mean, they got to the Final Four. Like, you guys got to the Final Four. It was yeah, a charity yeah. case for Coach B. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, let's let's go spade a spade here. So, listen, the point I'm trying to make is that you shouldn't just hire someone because they they went on an NCAA tournament run. 
you should hire the guy that's the right guy for the job. And that's and that's right not always pan's hot. Dude. So wait, oh, see, I disagree wait, with that. Is I don't... the pan hot for Shaka? Like they have no, no, that's what I'm saying. No, it's not. But who who is that guy out right now? Okay. that hasn't well, been coached opinion, by any other school. Uh, uh, my opinion, the right guy for the University of Michigan job. Now, granted, I'm incredibly biased because I played for him at one point. Is Laval Jordan? I I don't disagree with that. I don't. I think I think, I think, he, I think Laval. He's from Michigan. Yes, he played at Butler. And you could point at, oh, you know, he didn't make the NCAA tournament this year. You know, he hardly could win a game at Milwaukee. You know, whatever you want to say. He said out of his three years. But granted, like, you have to look at those seasons. Like, he took over a program. But he's had yeah. two, two, two of his three seasons have been losing seasons. I think he – and I think he is – I think he is the front runner. I do. But it's like, it's like who do you want coaching – Michigan that that's the point I'm trying to make and and a guy like Laval Jordan is who you want there's going to be a certain level of continuity in the program in that he inherited a lot of the same values that coach Beeline already has yeah he's an unbelievable recruiter he's part of the reason why I went to Michigan he still has a lot of game which I know you know about doc because he used to bust your ass <laughs> and scout team on a daily Easy. basis Easy. Like, he was mostly on my team because I was on scout team. What's the, what? I, yeah, truth be told, he actually used to bust my ass. I was going to say. <laughs> like, I, I think that – and this isn't – you know, like I said, obviously I'm biased, but I think he would do a fantastic job. And, and here's the deal. Like, that's not – for the Michigan fan base, I'm sure a lot of people would turn around and say, oh, you know, we could do so much better than that. Or, like, maybe that's not the sexiest hire or whatever you want to call it. But, like – I wholeheartedly believe that he would do a great job. And I think that's what's most important. No doubt. No doubt. I think any confidence, it, because my thought to that, and I'm not disagreeing because you guys would know better than I, my thought would be if they're just trying to do what, just continue what John Beeline's done, just promote one of the guys they've got on staff already at that point. And I think that could be a strong possibility. Try it out for an interim year. I just don't I, know I, if the best solution is to, well, Beeline's gone, let's just, you know, keep it going with what he's built and hope the next guy's just John Beeline 2.0. Because that seems what Laval, they'd be praying that he's the same exact guy as Beeline. I don't, see, right. I don't, think, I don't agree with that, though, because I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're looking at Laval as Beeline 2.0. I think the no. great thing about Laval is that he has been removed from Michigan and he's been, had time being a head coach of his own program. So he's yeah. also been able to develop from that standpoint. It's it's really hard. Granted, I've never done it and I have no experience, but I can imagine that it would be really hard to be under Coach Beeline and step in and serve as the next head coach because, truth be told, there is no one like Coach Beeline. Like, it, you don't want somebody that's just going to try to be Coach Beeline because that's, like, literally not possible. And, Doc, you know this. The shit that he used to have us do on a day-to-day basis, it's just like – it's crazy, but it's it not happening anywhere else in the country. It's not, yeah. and it's cr- and it's crazy, but it works because he's done it this way for so long, and he knows what it takes to win. So to have to just hire, and I love Saudi Washington. I love you know Coach Yak, and I love uh, Dre Haynes. I think they're going to be all great coaches, and I would fully support them if they were the next head coach in Michigan. But I I just think that that's not necessarily the right path to take personally. Do you think yeah. they are able – because my big thing then would be is if you're bringing him in, I'd want all the assistants Michigan that are willing to stay. I mean, if they get other opportunities or want to – I know it's been rumored that Beeline might take one with him or take a couple. 
what, do you, who would you want him then to bring in as assistants, bring his staff from Butler? That's, that's where no, I think that's for Michigan right fans. I don't, they need no. Doklich. No, I think that's irrelevant. Right now, to be honest, <laughs> the pe- the people love Yaklich, and for good reason. I love Yaklich. I mean, he made you a defensive sensation. Like, what are we talking I about know. here? You couldn't play defense before Yak got that's there. That's been brought up a lot. I couldn't guard what, a chair. Duncan not being able to play defense. <laughs> that he turned the defense around with Duncan and Mo both playing big minutes. I was going to say, I would, I'd like to make a point here that. I understand I, I wasn't the greatest defender. I think that I was a, a, a for sure above average team defender. And I'd also like to point out that a lot of our defensive struggles were actually because of Mo, because he's the five man. He's involved <laughs> in so much action as the five man. So, yeah, you know what? I handled it. I was a fucking scapegoat for Michigan basketball defense Big for time. you know the first two years <laughs> I played. And I took that like a champ. And I'm okay with that. You Third did. year. Third year, I you know I tightened it up a little bit and it was good. But now that it's all said and done, I'm 100% willing to throw Mo under the bus because I absolutely believe that it was far more him than me. Well, and I'm he's glad. not and he's not here to defend himself. That's what and the I people want to hear. Care. Though, yeah, I don't care. I don't well, care. I'm, that glad, he's not I'm glad to finally figure out that the uh, the NBA does not care about your defense whatsoever. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> it's they, it's uh, summer, Doc. It's summer right now and. Probably about eighty-five percent of my workout is defense. Is that so, right? Yeah, that's just not true. And everyone else is just, you know, shooting jump shots and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just like fighting through ball screens and you know, just great, I love just that. great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just I, character building. Uh, I guess activities. that does that brings it to though, sort of back then to the B line to the NBA. So how do you think his system will translate, having played for him and now played in the NBA? I mean. I, I, like I said earlier, he's going to have to make some adjustments, um, but 100% he can do it. And, and so much of what he has done, the la- really specifically the last couple of years at Michigan, um, you know, has NBA action written all over it. Um, yeah. And he'll find a way to simplify it and make it easy to pick up for these guys. Not that they need it to be simplified, but it's more so like, you know, you watch Michigan play and there's so much fluff for you know, uh, extra action just to get to something. Um, and that's a lot of, that was a lot of his strategy in college to kind of eat clock and play slow and, um, you know, not make mistakes, not take, turn the ball over. You know, the NBA has really had an emphasis on speeding up and playing fast. So he'll have to adjust in that sense. But, you know, I really think offensively, I mean, he's like, Doc, you know, he's like a freaking genius when it comes to that stuff. He'll have no problem adjusting offensively. And I think he'll, he'll do a really good job in hiring his staff around him um, not that he can't coach defense, but, you know, as we both know, he just really prefers to, to focus on offense. No doubt. And I think, you know, if I'm Colin Sexton or if I'm a guard, I'm salivating that he's coming. Just look at the production that our point guards have had in the recent years at Michigan. I mean, all the, like Xavier Simpson, Trey Burke, Derek Wallen. And now, you know, Nick Stauskas could probably get some confidence back because that, I mean, let's be real. Like, you know what I mean? Like now Nick Stauskas has his guy back who made, a lot pick and that I think exciting if that was like a resurgence to South and I, I hope it is I, I really do hope it you know Nick finds his niche there um for coach B that'd be fantastic but you know you're right I think pace and space is unbelievable and there's there is a lot of fluff to his offense now is he going to run the same scheme the two guard offense no because there's 24 seconds on the shot clock and you got to get into something quick um 
But at the same time, like there are so many concepts and so many different actions that coach has, you know, implemented in his, in his coaching career at Michigan that will work, that will translate into the next level. And I firmly believe it. And he doesn't necessarily like what great about coach Beeline. He, he I, it's been well documented. Like he, he's a teacher he, and he's a student of the game. And now he gets to coach the offensive side of basketball. He can hire a defensive coach. He doesn't have to worry about Duncan or myself going to class. He doesn't have to worry about all the things off the court. Like he is coaching grown men who get paid a lot of money to play basketball and to coach basketball. Like, and I think that is like the perfect storm for a guy like him who understands the game at an at an elite level, top five probably coaches, um, probably in college basketball, obviously in college basketball, who can who can do this and make the same uh, stride like a coach like Brad Stevens or Billy Donovan have carved up a a career in the NBA for sure, no doubt. So I think uh, I think that's. That was a great little it. speech. That was a great little speech you just had there, man. That, was, that really took us home. I appreciate it. But that. wait, before we wrap up, though, can I get your guys' predictions then? Because who knows? By the time we record our next episode, Michigan could have a new coach. So do you guys both? think I'm asking who you think, not who you want it to be or, or would like to see. Do you both think it'll be Laval? I I think it'll be Laval. Um, well, Satigo and Laval. I'll say Billy. Jeez. I don't even really want to. Say, I'll say Billy Donovan. I'll say Billy Donovan. Are we going to talk Doc, about Ohio State? Doc, Doc from the Chiefs. Yeah, we can talk. Nobody, yeah. nobody cares about <laughs> they're, Ohio they're State. Recruiting really <laughs> well. they, they seem they're like recruiting they're really well. They're recruiting really well. We got a recruiting guru day. in the back that, you know, doesn't get the uh, the recognition. So would you take you an assistant the, job all... then at Michigan? What's that? Would you take the assistant job then at Michigan if offered? I mean, now's the time to throw your hat in the ring. You're looking throw my forward. hat in the ring and just see if it sticks. Right, as the recruiting ace at Ohio State, you can bring that, <laughs> that talent. No, I, I won't take credit for that. But, uh, no, I don't think I'd be in the running. I don't think I'm qualified enough for that kind of position. Um, nothing against Michigan. I love Michigan. I love Ohio State. Probably the only one to ever say that. But I think I, I'm just not as qualified as some of these other great coaches across America. What were you going to say, Dunk? I was going to say, Dunk, just at a – curiosity because i've heard a lot of reports from columbus that you do a lot of the heavy lifting and recruiting what's uh what's your secret <laughs> there's no secret our coach the people our the people want to know no i i wish there was some secret sauce to our madness but i do not do any of the heavy lifting or the recruiting calls um oh, you know nah. i show, listen, listen, I show nah. face i can relate to players and that's about it when they're on campus yeah, he wants to play the humble carboon. He got DJ Carton to commit last last summer. He was letting us all know about it. Well, that was you it. landed that, him. You took him from Michigan. That's right. Well, I could relate to two schools, and I said the pros and cons of both schools, and obviously oh, so more you, pros. So you did. So you did no, some backs. I did. Truthfully, true story. I told him, "Hey, listen, you have a great opportunity at both institutions. You can't go wrong with either one of your uh, with with your decision." I, I truthfully, that's that's true story. I did not say anything against Michigan, and obviously, you know, I I praise Ohio State because the year I had and our team had, but I did not rip Michigan. I told him he he, whichever choice he made, he made the right one. Right. That's for sure. Well, well, this uh, this has been great to to get back to some good old fashioned banter. Um, you know, obviously, the with the pressing news recently of, of Coach Beeline, we wanted to hop back on the podcast and uh, reach back out to you guys. You know, we're, we're definitely hoping to, to kind of get 
get a consistent schedule moving forward here. Um, you know, and we got we got Leo to anchor that down, which he's you know really good at keeping us on task because you know, obviously Dockage is uh, can be a hard one to pin down. But um, <laughs> you know, we're excited we're excited to be back at it, and uh, you know hopefully this is the uh, the first of many. So yeah, good to be back. Yeah, with you guys. It, uh, it, it you know it it was like a I don't know how to say this. You know, we got in a plane crash, and that's how we started off. Now Coach Beeline takes the Cleveland Cavaliers job, and now we're back at it. Breaking news, it was like, you know, it's fate. It was meant to happen this way, and now we're, uh, we're back in the lab uh, doing what we love from afar. Incredible. <laughs> There's a better way to end it than that. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. All right, we'll be back next week, folks. Stay tuned to who the next basketball coach of the University of Michigan is. Take care.